You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled One Thing, Part 3. Enjoy. We're in our series, One Thing. I think we're going to finish it up today. This is the third message in the series. And we're magnifying him. And we made a statement that a personal relationship with Jesus, knowing him personally, absolutely changes everything. You will find that in Jesus is the solution to every problem you face, every single one, without exception. He's that encompassing. He's that comprehensive that a personal, in a personal relationship with Jesus, you and him, you worshiping him, him speaking to you, you meditating on his word, You saying what he says about you, believing in your heart, speaking with your mouth, you'll find the answer to every issue of life in him. You'll find the provision to every need that you have in him. You'll find the fulfillment of your destiny. You'll find the very meaning of your life in him. In fact, our whole existence on this planet is about knowing Him. And it's good to realize this because there are a lot of distractions in this world. We're living in a fallen world. Jesus called Satan the prince of this world. Paul called him the God of this world. So if you don't know the one who made you and that your relationship with Him is what your life is all about, there are (laughs) Who knows how many other directions you can go. Man has all kinds of options for you. Satan has all kinds of options for you. He wants you to go in any direction in life except forward in Christ. But we're going forward in Christ, right? No one's going to talk us out of it. We are convinced that he gave his life for us. We are convinced that he loves us perfectly. That his perfect love casts out every fear. So let's go ahead to Luke chapter 10 again. Luke chapter 10. And if you're new here, I'll I'll ask you to remove your religious goggles and your religious headphones. And I want you to know I say some things that that are kind of shocking sometimes, and I'm about to say one of them. But believing that God exists won't help you. I'll say that again. Believing that God exists won't help you. Why? Because it's obvious. Nothing could be more obvious than his existence. Romans 1.20 says, none of us have any excuse. He's that obvious. But believing that he is the answer to your problems will help you. <laughs> will change everything. So Christianity is not about knowing that God exists. It's about knowing he's the answer. It takes zero faith to know that God exists because nothing could be more obvious. What do we need faith for? 
to know his will and his nature. Because we're living in a confusing world. That's why Christ came, that the will and nature of God the Father would be crystal clear to us. Okay? So in Luke chapter 10, we have an excellent example of what our life is all about. And let's start reading in verse 38. Now it happened as they went uh, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was not sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to the word. Martha, her sister, was distracted. Same family, different focus. Right? You might be living in a family that is not focused on knowing him. But you be focused on knowing him. Right? Do you know there was a time when Jesus' mother was looking for him during trying to get to him, and they came to him and said, Jesus, your mother and brother and sisters are here. And he said, who is my mother? <laughs> Do you know that in the scriptures? Have you read that? You can find it later. He said, who is my mother? And then he pointed to those who were sitting and listening to him, to his disciples, said, here is my mother, my brother, my sisters. Those who do the will of God are my mother, my brother, and my sisters. What I'm talking about is beyond your biological family. I'm talking about the family of God. When you put your faith in Christ, you he literally becomes your father. And if you're in a family that's not seeking him, don't let that keep you from seeking him. You run after him with everything you've got. So Martha's distracted with much serving. <laughs> and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. When your focus is not on him, you will misinterpret his love for you. You'll think he doesn't care for you. That's because your focus is not on him. It's on your own works and efforts. That's what Martha's focus was on, her service to the Lord. We're not focused on our service to the Lord. We're focused on the Lord. And it's out of our relationship with him that we serve him. Don't put the cart before the horse, right? Verse 41, and Jesus said, Martha, you're right. Mary, get over there and help your sister. No. He said, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're missing it. Your focus is on the wrong things. And because of that, you're worried and you're troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. That's the title of our series, One Thing. And Mary has made a decision. Mary of her own free will, living in the same house you're living in, the same family you're from, in the same culture, in the same part of the world, she made a decision that you can make. God has given us a free will to choose what we value. 
Everyone has to make that decision. What do you value and consider important? Mary has chosen the right thing, her relationship with Jesus. And he said, and that will, she's chosen this good part, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, Martha had a good cause, right? There are a lot of people in her house, and she wanted to minister to them. That's a good cause, but we're not about having good causes. We're about seeking and pursuing Christ. Don't put the cart before the horse. We're not on earth to do good things. We're on earth to know Him. Out of our relationship with Him will come good things. We'll do good things. But what religion does is puts the good things before the relationship with Him. How many good things have you done today? And then religion has a quota, right? You've got to do so many good things in order to even be a part of His family. And the more good things you do, the better your chances are of getting to heaven. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what he taught. He said, the good thing is knowing me. The, the more, what I want you to do more than anything is grow in your relationship with me. Not go on missions trips, not, not serve in soup kitchens, not feed the poor. I want you to know me. I want you to focus your attention on your personal relationship with me. And then let him lead you into the, the things that you do. Listen, there are more needs in this world than you could ever meet. More. And if you get caught up in the needs of mankind, you'll get worn out. It's overwhelming. God didn't put us on this earth to meet others' needs. He put us on this earth to know Him so that He can flow through us and meet the needs of those around us. The body of Christ is not quote-unquote charity. It's people who are walking with God inside of them, being led by the Spirit. Letting Him manifest Himself through us wherever we are. Wherever we go. We're vessels of God. Full of His Spirit. Following His lead in our daily lives. Now what's interesting, the last time was three Sundays ago. Jennifer ministered the last two Sundays. But in the last message of this series, which was part two... I brought up George Mueller. Do you remember that? And he's one of my heroes. But George Mueller made a decision to live by faith as a young man. And he, 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 the Lord spoke to him about all the orphans that were on the streets of the cities in England. And the orphans were, were looked at as, as trash, basically. But they, it God moved upon his heart to open orphanages and take these kids off the street and as I read, if one understand it, at one point he had 10,000 orphans that he was caring for in five different orphanages. A man that had a lot of responsibility and none of these kids weren't educated. They couldn't read. They couldn't write. So he, he opened a school for them. And as I re read, it was over 100,000 children that he taught to read and to write and gave an education. And I'm sharing about George Mueller, but one of the, I think... The most important thing that he ever said 
I share, and I want to say it again. It's said of him that he never allowed his huge responsibility for caring for thousands of children to take him away from the Word of God. He said that every day he would set aside time to study the Scriptures until his inner man was happy in the Lord. I love that. There's no religion about that. Religion wants to put a clock on your prayer time. Boy, all the, all the books have come out. You know, spend an hour with God. So I've got to spend 60 minutes with God. What about, what about 61? What about 43? What about 2? Who are you to put a, a timer on my time with my Father? I'm going to worship Him and spend time with Him as much as I want. But he hit, a, he hit something that is essential to living the abundant life. Spending time alone with your father until your inner man is happy. You'll know when that point comes. You'll know. Until you, you are filled up. Now, if you haven't been spending time with the Lord, it might, you know, it might take a little while. <laughs> But you get into a flow where you're, you're eating him regularly. And you'll become sensitive to your gas tank. Your spiritual gas tank. Do you know you have a spiritual gas tank? That we need to eat him more than we need to eat bread. He's the bread of life. If you're not eating him daily, sooner or later, you're going to crash. You're just going to sputter out right on the highway because you're going to be empty. Have you ever driven in a car that ran out of gas? You can't get anywhere, can you? And there's nothing you can do about it. God doesn't want you running out of gas in life. He wants you to get to your destination. But the fuel that will empower you to arrive at your destination is the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Spending time with Him. Listen, I love a good meal. And there are certain foods I like more than others. And I like a, when a steak is made just so. You know, with some sea salt and garlic on it. And I like it kind of medium juicy and I like you know maybe some mushrooms and onions on the side maybe some peppers you know grilled and a nice salad with some balsamic vinaigrette and you know I might have an appetizer before that maybe some bruschetta or calamari or and then maybe follow that up with a a nice uh, dessert and some good, freshly ground coffee. I enjoy that, especially with good company. And I don't get tired of that. 
So because I've had such a wonderful meal, I don't say, okay, I'm all set. I'm never going to have a wonderful meal again. In fact, I want to have as many wonderful meals in my life as I can. I would like wonderful meals to be a regular occurrence. And I bring that up because the Bible is the most wonderful meal you'll ever eat. It is. And I'll share with you, you know, the devil tried to sell me a back injury a couple weeks ago. But I didn't buy it because Jesus already purchased my healing. He paid the price for me. But I want to share with you a wonderful meal. And I didn't plan on this, but I feel the Holy Spirit leading me this way. So when I was 17, I had an injury in my back. It was an abnormal disc that cracked. I didn't know what I know now. And, and my, my parents, they did the best they could, and they, they took me to an NFL doctor in Pittsburgh, top, top in his field, took me to the best in the area, and, uh, you know, they, they diagnosed everything and did what they could. But there wasn't a lot that they could do other than putting an artificial disc in. And they didn't want to do that because of my age. And I, I didn't really want to do it either. <laughs> so I said, okay. But I had no idea of the wholeness that Christ provided for me. None. Zero. No idea. I, I had no idea of who the healer was. Now, thank God, two plus years later, I came to know Christ. And he began healing me of all kinds of things. And that was in 89, but it wasn't until maybe seven years into my walk with Christ. Because I heard so many different ministers teach different things. Some taught that it was God's will to be healed. Some taught that it was not. And I was fine with either one because I just wanted to know him. So I said, Lord, if you want me this way, and I had, I had all kinds of physical issues, respiratory issues and uh, a number of things. And I thought, well, Lord, if you want me this way, I'm okay with that. But what I couldn't get away was, was from the person of Jesus. And I just couldn't get enough of him. And I couldn't find anywhere in his ministry where he made one person sick. And that's a big deal. Because you have ministers who've gone to seminary telling me that, you know, this was God's plan for you. And he'll teach you through these maladies. But I've got the Son of God healing people. And never once did he say to anyone, I want to teach you through your malady. In fact, he taught the other, just the opposite of that I bore your sicknesses and I carried your diseases. So it was in about seven years into my walk with the Lord in 1996 that I decided to go with Jesus above what man said. And it was in the summer of 96 that I began to receive healing of everything I ever had. Wholeness from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And from 1996 until now, I've been walking in divine health. Amen. My dad was a pharmacist. Prior to that, I could have any drug I wanted instantly. 
And I had my bag of stuff that I carried with me in case certain symptoms popped up. But in 1996, that ended. And I began to take the drug of Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Simply by faith in what he did for me, I was made whole. And I walked in that, and for the last 20-plus years, 22 years, if anything came into my life, I mean, for the most part, I wasn't counting. Within 24 to 48 hours, it was gone. Very quickly. So many things would just bounce off of me. Now, a few weeks ago, I didn't plan on going into this. This is good. Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy. Who? You. One of the ways he'll do that is through symptoms. This might sound strange to you, and I don't always have time to explain the depth of what I'm saying, but I feel I just need to say it anyway, because we could go into hours of Bible study on this. But I want to tell you this, Satan will present symptoms to you, and you have a decision. Are you going to accept them, or are you going to reject them? It's much better if you decide ahead of time. And our pastor, Sam Smith, years ago, he put it like this, and I like that. He said it's it's very difficult to build a house in a storm. In fact, if you're going to build a home, you know, you want to wait till a a, a nice, clear day to lay the foundation, right? You want a clear, dry day to lay that foundation. You don't want to lay the foundation in the middle of a storm. It can't settle, right? And far too often, believers wait till a storm before they decide they're going to try and believe God. And that's very challenging. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult. Well, I realized years ago that I'm living in a fallen world that's full of all kinds of evil and death and darkness And then if I'm going to make it, I need Jesus. There's no workout plan. There's no diet. There's no remedy that you can find other than Christ that will keep you whole and enable you to reach your destiny. He's the special diet you need. So this this period of time, the Lord has been encouraging me about September. Generation Summit. And then we're going to a conference on Tuesday and the relationships that he's been developing, it was a very significant time in my life. Satan did not want me to partake of it. Didn't want me here. There were words spoken to me specifically in these last three days that I needed, and he was doing everything he can to keep me from being here. But he lost. I was here. And And I participated fully in what I did. To God be the glory. But I want to share something with you. And this, uh, again, was not planned, but we're here now, and I believe it'll bless you. In Acts chapter 3, let's go there. You see, that wonderful meal I was telling you about years ago, anytime any kind of a symptom would pop up in my body, I'd begin eating Jesus. I mean, years ago, the drugs I used to take 
you know, I got good because I have so many issues that I recognize a symptom, I pop a pill. Oh, that symptom's this. Oh, that symptom's this. You need to recognize the attacks of the enemy and pop a pill of Jesus. Jesus is the pill that you need to be whole. He's the, the substance that your body needs to be strong. So what I would do is I, I would open my medicine kit, this, and I'd eat. I'd take my medicine. Before we go to Acts, let's preface it with Proverbs 4. Let's go there. Proverbs 4. This is the one thing, anyway, we may as well talk about the one thing. This is what relationship with Jesus is about. Your body matters to him. Your physical health is important to him. He, God does have an agenda for you. Do you know what it is? Wholeness. Wholeness is God's agenda for your life. He's concerned with the pain in your right foot. He put that pain on, on his son so that you don't have to walk with a limp anymore. He's concerned about your bones being healthy and strong. That's why he put osteoporosis on his son. That's why he put arthritis on his son. So that you could be whole. And the body of Christ has been conned out of that with so many wrong teachings that God is trying to teach people through their maladies. He doesn't operate that way. He's a good father. No father would do that to your child. How could you ever believe a lie that the greatest father of all could ever do that to you? And I tell people very simply, when you're reading the Bible, and if you come to a conclusion about God that, that doesn't seem right, ask yourself a simple question. Would a good father do that? If the answer is no, you know your father would never do it. Bible study is that simple. But in Proverbs chapter 4, look at the medicine that our, our physician has prescribed to us. In verse 20 of Proverbs 4. You know what? Let me read this out of a different translation. Let's start with the New American Standard. Can you guys put that up there? My son, give attention to my words. To whose words? Yeah. Why does he have to say that? Because many things are vying for our attention, right? And some very interesting, cool things. I mean, it doesn't take long. I open my phone and, and go into an app, and 20 minutes are gone. I've given my attention to that app for 20 minutes. Did I need to do that? Was that what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do with those 20 minutes? Or could I have been meditating on what he did for me? Is that a better... How about when you're on the potty? What do you read? Hey, that's valuable time. You know you can talk to God on the potty. Hey, he made you. He's not embarrassed. Right? He knows how everything operates. He knows you have to go when you have to go. Why not take advantage of that time and meditate on him? Really? Yeah. That'll change your whole bathroom experience. No matter what kind of toilet paper you use, <laughs> comfort, comfort. The Holy Spirit will comfort you in every area of your life. 
My son, give attention to my words. They're comfort to you. Jesus took hemorrhoids on the cross. Ben Gay tried to do something, but Ben Gay didn't bear your hemorrhoids. Jesus did. Don't you ever accept anything like that. There are parts of your body the blood is never to come from. Our blood's to be in our veins and our arteries as God designed it. And it's to stay there and to flow through every part of our body. I hope you're listening. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What did Jesus say? Mary's chosen that, right? Mary chose to give her attention to his words. I imagine there are a lot of people she knew in her home. There are a lot of, a lot of tea being spilled. You know what I mean by that? Dana taught me, my daughter taught me that word. Spill the tea. Right? What's the gossip? Right? What's going around? There's a lot of gossip going around her house. A lot of, a lot of interesting conversations. She said, I'm going to turn my attention away from all of that and onto his words. How about you? Do you, do you grab onto gossip when it comes your way? Ooh, I need a juicy story. They said, what? <gasps> she didn't. With who? You're kidding. Well, when? How? Where? What? That's bait. What does that do? Gossip steals your strength. It does. It steals your spiritual strength. It takes your energy and, and it saps you of it. And you get all caught up in this hearsay and what so-and-so said, and now you're all worked up over who knows what. God wants you to be worked up over what he says about you. To stir yourself up so you're filled with strength when you're going through your day. Don't fall into the trap of the latest cup of tea. Do not let them depart from your sight. Singular focus. My words are to be the focus of your life. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Your heart is the factory where your destiny comes to life. Your heart is the, the, is the manufacturing part of you. And God wants his word in there so that your destiny can be uh, manifested and produced by his word that's kept in your heart. God's word, it, see, when you put his word in your heart, it builds you up. It puts things together. It equips you. It gives you the wisdom and strength you need to make the decisions that you need to make when you need to make them, wherever you may be in your daily life, whatever might be going on, so that you can continue going forward instead of getting trapped in the latest story, in the latest gossip. Boy, that's, a, that's something the Holy Spirit really wants me to emphasize. Get, get away, run away from gossip. Run away from it. You don't need to know what so-and-so did. How do you know that even really happened? Really. Just because someone said it doesn't mean it's so. And usually we all put a little bit of a spin on these things we, we've been through, right? You're just personalities. We're humans. Run away from gossip. 
and let his word be the focus of your attention. Now look at this. So what, what is the result of giving our attention to the word of God, to what Jesus says? Well, he tells us in verse 22, for they are life to those who find them. Wow. They produce life in us. And health, says in the New American Standard, to all their whole body. Now that word health, that's an English word, but the Hebrew word there, we understand what health is, but the Hebrew word there literally means the medicine, the remedy, and the cure. Give your attention to my words. They're the medicine and the cure and the remedy for your whole body. Do you believe that? You're the only one who can in your life. Doesn't matter what anyone else says. What do you believe? And people will say to me sometimes, what would you do in this situation? It doesn't matter what I would do because I'm not you. What do you mean, what would I do? Why are you even asking me? I'm not living your life. You have to decide what you would do because I'm not you. What would you do? I don't know. I know what I would do. I've made personal decisions already. Deep down. Whole person decisions. Years ago about what I would do. I've committed my whole person to him. There's nothing casual about this. You're all in or you're not. Are you all in? Have you given your whole person to Him? Now God loves you no matter what, but if you want to experience Him, you have to give yourself to Him. There's only one way I could marry my wife, and that was to give myself completely to her. There's no other option for a marriage relationship. You have to give your whole self to that person. That's what Jesus wants of you. He wants your whole person. My words are the medicine you've been looking for. Then he says to watch over your heart. Watch over what you allow to go into your heart. What you meditate on and think about during the day. Be attention, pay attention to that. With all diligence, for from it throw the springs of life. Now, Proverbs 4 in the message, verse 20 says this. We'll start verse 20. Dear friend, listen well to my words. Absorb them. Take them inside. Tune your ears to my voice. Wow. I like that. Just like you would, and we don't do it much anymore, but if you ever have a radio where you have to dial in a station, and it used to be back in the day there was a little red stick <laughs> so we had to find the station you turn a knob and the stick would go Hello, and you, if you got the stick in the right place you could hear what you wanted to hear well you do have to tune your ears to his voice in fact what I've been sharing with you this morning if your ears are in tune to his voice you could reject it because you could have, have a religious doctrine that's been taught to you and your ears are tuned to that so that you can't hear the frequency of Christ when it comes to healing. 
Many have blocked, religious doctrine has blocked this frequency in so many believers' lives. The frequency of healing. And it's a priority to God. Verse 21, keep my message. What's his message? John 10.10. I came that you might have life and life abundantly, more and better life than you ever dreamed of, to the full till it overflows. It's his message. In plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live. Really live. Body and soul, they're bursting with health. Now let's go to Acts chapter 3. And we'll finish it up. So years ago, I, I, I just still do. I love the book of Acts. But I would read through the Gospels and Acts, and, and I knew that was for me today. And it's funny, the, the Bible publishers don't know quite what to do with Acts. You know, they'll call it the Acts of the Apostles. Well, really, it's the Acts of, of, of the New Testament believers. In other words, this is for you now. It's the only book in the Bible that's still being written today. And it's for you. The same Holy Spirit that came into the upper room is a spirit in you. Same spirit. So years ago, I remember reading through this, even the first time, I thought, wow. And Jesus talks about being clothed with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going into the temple to pray. And there's a man at the gate who is lame from his mother's womb, and as they're walking into the temple, the Holy Spirit moves upon Peter. Peter didn't just do this of his own will and, and intellect. The Spirit of God moved upon him to do this. Very important to understand that. You need to be led by the Spirit in terms of who you pray for. Okay? Just because there's a need doesn't mean you need to pray for it. I want to help you. Jesus was led by the Spirit in His ministry, not by the needs of people. That's the only way He could fulfill His ministry. We're led by the Spirit. Don't let the urgency of a situation move you. You stay with the Holy Spirit. Right? Lazarus, whom He loved, was dead. And Jesus didn't move. He stayed where he was for four days. Or for days. Don't let the, the attitude of people move you. Don't let people tell you what you need to do. And boy, as a pastor, you get a lot of that. Oh, boy. This is what you need to do, pastor, with your church. Well, okay, thank you. I'm going to stay with the Holy Spirit. People think we're just, you know, kind of making, okay, yeah, oh, I'd like to preach about that today. Oh, let's have a church. Let's, let's create a religious organization and we'll, we'll create these nice sermons and we're following the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to listen to you. 
Why would I do what you want me to do? I don't do what I want to do. I don't. I choose to do what he wants me to do. Have you given yourself to him in that way? I'm not here doing this because I wanted to do it. Are you kidding? Really? Is that what you think? This was my idea? This is my idea of, a, of a, the way to spend my time? Listen, give yourself to him. Give your desires to him. No one is capable like he is to mold and shape and form and channel and direct your talents and desires. There's no safer place for your desires than in his hands. Put them there. So we're doing what he asks us to do, right? <laughs> it's good to be free. So Peter speaks to this man because the Holy Spirit's leading him. Spiritual gift in operation here, right? Gift of wisdom, gift of word of knowledge, a, a gift of healing, a manifestation. That's all the gifts are. They're manifestations of the Spirit. Religion tries to put those in a box. The nine gifts, well, those are the nine that were mentioned. But listen, there are, there are manifestations of the Spirit that aren't mentioned in the Scriptures. John said we, we couldn't write enough books to, to tell you what Jesus did. The world doesn't have room for them. How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? It will always glory, he will always glorify Jesus. He will always lead you closer to Christ, right? So he said this to this man, in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Years and years ago, I took that for myself when walking was a challenge. That's for me. And I, I laid in my bed years and years ago and read that to myself. Talk about the medicine now. Talk about the cure. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I let that living word soak into my body. I received it in my spirit and I meditated on it until it filled me up and began to ooze into my spine. It took time. Don't try and put a, 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 a time amount on it. Could be a moment, could be a second, could be days. But your focus is not on the passing of time, your focus is on what he said. And Mary Fran ministered about her daughter on Friday morning being in a terrible car accident. I don't know how old she was, uh, in her 20s I think. And it was very serious and uh, she didn't have any chance of living through it. So they wanted to take her off of life support but Mary Fran had a word inside of her, life and wholeness for her daughter. And she shared that it took about a, first of all, they didn't expect her to live. They, they wanted to unplug the machine. The, the hospital said, you're crazy. We're done with this. The hospital was done. They signed her off. They had to leave the hospital. And, uh, but they had a word, life and wholeness. And they found another hospital that would take her in another state. 
uh, and they just kept listening to the Holy Spirit and no one but the family really believed that she was going to come out of this. She was in full life support, full life support machines, but they had a word, life and wholeness, and she came out of her coma, but she, it took about a year and a half for her to come out. She came out of the coma, which is huge, but she was in a wheelchair for some time, and it was about a year and a half of healing for her to recover. Hey, that's healing. Come on. She's got a whole life ahead of her, right? What's the alternative? Leaving this planet. Now, hey, that's not a bad thing. But leaving before your destiny fulfilled is. I mean, it's where we all want to be. That's, that's unhindered life. That's unhindered joy. But we have a destiny fulfilled here. Okay? So she stayed with it. You stay with it. That word, it works. You know, and if you've ever had a prescription that you've taken that, that's something you've done repeatedly and you become confident in it, like when I was growing up, I knew if I took this that certain things were going to happen in my body. You become confident like that with the Word of God. It's working. I don't feel it, don't look like it, but it's working in me. I know it now. I know it's working in me. I know it's working in me. So I meditate on scriptures like this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk, and immediately his bones became strong. What am I doing? I'm taking this for myself. Immediately my bones become strong. Immediately my bones become strong. We still awake? Didn't plan on going into all this today, but I, I feel it's what we need to do. So I'm, I'm eating the word of, this is how you eat the word of God. You believe it's for you now. You believe it's for you today. And I'm seeing my bones getting strong with my imagination. That's what your imagination is for, primarily to experience him. Use your imagination to see the word of God working in you. See it working in you. And then he leaped up. He went from a maimed condition his whole life to immediately strong, healthy bones. And he leaps up and he's walking and praising God. And, and then something is said in verse 16 when they're saying, Why, how did this happen? And, and Peter says, his, it's through his name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In verse 16, his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. I began to say that. His name has made this man strong. So Satan attacked and I began saying it. No, I'm already healed. You can't take that from me. I've already been healed. Before I was born, I was healed. Because Jesus took my sicknesses. He took my pains before I was born. I'm healed. His name has made this man strong. And I had some very serious symptoms. One leg, stiff, sharp pains. And I know what that could mean in the natural. I, I've been in the medical family. I know how that could have been diagnosed. But I ate the word of God. His name has made this man strong. And I made myself get out of bed. It was very difficult. Very difficult to try and get in an upright position. I had to grab the sheets and pull and push and, ah, and just uh, fight to just get in an upright position and push myself to where I'm on the edge of the bed that I can actually step up 
And I was pretty sure as soon as my feet hit the floor, there was going to be pain shooting through them. I'd been there before, let me years ago. But this name of Jesus has made this man strong. So I got up and went walking. And I was going like this. On my road, cars passing by, there's me. With my ball cap on, my sweats. His name. Yeah, drive, yeah, the road's 250 feet from the home, so I started on the driveway and made my way down to the road. But what am I saying? His name has made this man strong. What's the devil telling me? All the things that are wrong, that he says are wrong with me. Right? His name has made this man strong. 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 And I did that for days. Kept walking, kept getting stronger. And you keep saying it, and you keep saying his name. And when you're saying it, you're not saying it to obtain it. You're saying it because it's true. You're filling your body with nourishment. His word nourishes your bones. His word strengthens your bones. His name has made this man strong. His name has made this man strong. I couldn't do what I'm doing now. It was very difficult. Well, I could. I mean, I, theoretically, through faith, I could have. But I'm, it was very challenging for me to do what I'm doing now. Very challenging. And in the natural, uh, most people would have taken a very different course than the course that I took. But Jesus is real. He's purchased wholeness from us. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet for the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives. Now let's finish, I'm sorry, with one more scripture. Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3. This will be our last scripture. I hope you're, you're, you're not a fast food Christian. <laughs> or a microwave Christian. Now I'm not talking about going to Wendy's. I've got a membership there. But that's... <laughs> No, I'm talking about being in a hurry with what God wants to do in your life. He's not a microwave God. Right? He, he's a thorough, uh, peaceful, wise, gentle, comforting, uh, deep chef. It's hard to find meat more tender than when it's done in a crock pot, right? I love that. It's, it's, it's almost just melts when you put it in your mouth. When you get meat that has been slow cooked. There are things that God, that's why this idea of coming to church for 30 minutes and leaving, it's like, what, what are you coming for, really? To check off a religious box that you did it? <laughs> We're here to be changed by God, aren't we? Listen, there's healing for you right here, right now. Right here, right now. Don't rush through it. Who cares who's playing football today? Really? Come on, you're going to let a game, a sporting event, pull you away from what God wants to do in your life? It's just a game. I shout and holler just like you when I watch them. 
But I, when you, I mean, it is just a game. Right? Verse 3 of Isaiah 26, this is the same thing Jesus said to Martha. He said, you will keep him in perfect shalom, wholeness, prosperity, whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. The message says it this way, people with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole. That's a promise from God. You can bet your life on it. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, we're so thankful that what you say goes. And no one can take that from us. No one can change that. What you say goes. Your word is truth. You speak and it is so. And you spoke to us through the ministry of your son, Jesus Christ. And it is so. He himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. With the stripes that wounded him, we have been healed. And Lord, we make a decision today just like Mary that you are the one thing, the priority, the priority of our time on earth. That we turn our attention to you, to hear from you, to know you, to grow in you, to experience you. That's what our time on this earth is all about. And we're not going to let anyone or anything pull us away from that. We choose the one thing, knowing you as the purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.